Hello, and welcome to the People for Olson podcast. In this week's episode, Mark is sitting down and talking with Kiernan May, candidate for Manlius Town Board. Well, again, we've said it before. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We really hope that you enjoy the podcast and getting to learn more about our guests from political candidates and those currently in political office here in Onondaga County and business owners. And we just really hope that you're enjoying listening to the podcast and learning more about each and every guest that we have on. If you are enjoying the podcast, then consider subscribing. That way you'll be updated the moment a new episode is released. And don't forget to follow along with the campaign by visiting us online at peopleforolson.com. Well, without further ado, here's this week's conversation between Mark and Kieran and May. Kieran, and thank you so much for coming. No uh, Kieran May, candidate for the Town of Manlius Council, and you're a first-time candidate, I heard. I am. I'm a first-time a first time in politics ever in my life. What, what got you interested in doing this? <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. Um, as I've been going door-to-door, to door, it reminds me of what got me into politics. Uh, a few years ago, somebody knocked on my door and wanted me to sign a petition for them to go on a ballot, which I gladly did, and they gave me all the stuff they stood for, and I was like, oh, this is Really nice girl, but she's never going to win. This is all stuff. There's nothing to do with my town, and she won. <laughs> and all of a sudden, since then, I started paying more and more attention. Going, maybe I should get involved in this. I've always liked politics. I've always paid attention. Um, you know, I grew up in a in a town down Long Island where we had a long time uh, mayor. He was a town supervisor. Excuse me, correct me. Uh, f- Forty years, I think. So that was always the talk of the town. When will he retire? So you know, it was always in my back of my head about town politics. And a little knock on my door one day, a couple of years ago spark my interest yeah you really get to know a lot about people like I, I always talked about it. I love going door-to-door even though I'm unopposed most times when I run for mayor I still go door-to-door because it's a great chance to see people it's a great chance to learn what their concerns are or things that they like or don't like and you get to really get a sense of what it's like and how they live and you know what's important to them and that's the one thing I love about campaigning is you get that you they let you into their house a little harder now with the pandemic right um, what's, what's, what's been your, with people when you go on the door, to the door? Have um, most people have been pretty good? Most people have been great. When I had to go um, earlier to get petitions uh, for the Republican ballot, that was a little more difficult. That was, uh, we were still had a lot of restrictions, so people were very hesitant. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a couple of people, I wouldn't say slam the door in my face, but yeah. didn't want to have anything to do with it, which I was fine. Um, but this time around, people were, were really good. They, uh, I, they, they, a lot of, you get them past that initial thing when they're worried, what are you, knocking on their door for they always have something they want to talk about and right. some i've had people talk about uh cutting grass to uh school budgets and stuff and it's great you really learn what people want and um i, I see a lot of things that i thought were issues that other people see as issues so i yeah. thought it, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun i was nervous the first few doors i admit but yeah you get there. it you get a groove and you oh, get yeah. your, you know and then I've always noticed you'll get one that just knocks you down and, and you just got to get your feet back, you know, get back on your feet and just do it again. Definitely. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, so I'm originally from Long Island. I grew up in a, like a middle-class town in, on Long Island called Smithtown. I uh, come from a single uh, one-parent household. My father passed away when I was young, so I have a, I have a twin sister. So my mother raised the two of us. Oh, my God. I'm a, def- twi- I'm a twin. So. No, no way. Yeah, fraternal brother. And he's yeah. tall, full head of hair. <laughs> I get jealous all the time oh, about his hair. So, being twin is great and bad at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> Until you're 18, it's a little bit, and then after that, we both like it's just you know we just 
you know, we went to he went to college, I went to a different college, and we were like, wow, we missed that, you know, that yep. bond with being able to, you know, always look out for each other and always there for each other. So, yeah, it's pretty cool too when you think about it. Nowadays, it's, it makes you unique, and you, you definitely have a different uh, perspective on growing up. Yeah. You know, so I went to college. I started off college actually at West Point, and um, I, it didn't work out for me. I wasn't ready for it. I was very young. I was only 17, so I left pretty shortly after that, and I. I came home to Long Island. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to sit on Long Island. Any, I got to go. I got to go see, see something to do. So back then we had, you know, the book, the college, Barron's College Book. I flipped through the book and I started calling SUNY schools. And SUNY Oswego was the first school to bite on my story. And I showed up there that September, having never been. Well, it was the end of August, having never seen the campus, not even knowing where I was going oh when I left God. my house. Speak of winners. <laughs> yeah. Spent one. I was going to say, I'm only going to spend one year there. Then I'm, I'm going to spend three years there. Of course, met my wife and spent four years there, graduated. We moved down to New York City, um, uh, worked at a hospital down there. In 99, we were expecting our first and we, didn't, we wanted to look for where to live, raise our family. Realized Long Island was just too expensive. And my wife's from up here and from Chittenango, so we decided to move up here. And we bought the house uh, in July of 2000 that I live in to this day. You were one of the early ones there in that er that neighborhood too, probably, right? We were. They were just they had just finished completing it um, okay. a year or two before, so that we we were the second owner, but the first okay. owner only had been had been there less than two years, yeah. so the house was very new. Uh, it was really neat to be in it. We didn't we had no idea. I was working in Utica at the time. I had no idea how great a town I had moved into and how like centrally located in this area that you know Manlius is, and um, so it was, it was really great. Um, yeah. You know, then I left Utica and I've been I worked at I, University Hospital for 19 years, left briefly for about 16 months, and then just two months ago went back. No kidding. <laughs> That's a hell. I, I so my first job out of college was at New Hartford, at okay. the GE plant. I ran I, I ran the second shift in the cafeteria. So I drove Fayetteville to Utica every day, and yes. I remember distinctly. I would pay my car payment and get an oil change on the same day, oh. <laughs> once a month. And I did that for about a year and a half. I loved it. You, you, the drive in, you're thinking about your day, and then yep. the ride home, you just let your day just left. And you know, when you got out of the car, you were done. Yes. You know, your day was done, and it was nice. You know, but that's a long commute. I, I, it I is. sympathize with you. On you that. drive into the sun going to work, and you drive into the sun coming home from work. Yeah. Uh, the, I learned that that was my first real exposure to winter commuting. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't like it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I did it, you yeah. know, and then actually for my 16 months, I was away from upstate. I commuted to a, a once or twice a week to an office in New Hartford too, all over again. Yeah. So it's New Hartford reminds me a lot of Fayetteville and Manlius. It's got a lot of care, you know, it uh, does. character, you know, and quality of life that, that I think our area has. You, you mentioned it, what a nice area it is to live. What makes you, you know, want to do this as a town councilor to keep that going and to keep that? What's your big driving factor that made you say, you know what, I want to do this because I think this is important? Well, I think that Manlius is a great town. We actually are a very diverse town from, we have, on the north side of the town, we have a very rural area in north of Manoa, in the village of Manoa, and then we have some very wealthy communities in the town. We have everything in the middle. Um, we have great outdoor parks in the villages. We have several state parks. We have the Green Lakes and we have the park along the canal. Um, and I said this, the town's been developing really well in the last, since I've been here. I, the redevelopment of the town center was unbelievable. Um, and I wanted to keep, I, I want Manlius to be Manlius. I don't want it to be engulfed in national political issues and, and statewide issues. I think we have a town that has some great minds and great people, hardworking people, from doctors to lawyers to farmers to, to technicians to truck drivers. 
And I think that's what makes us a really unique town. Yeah. And the three villages thrive in their own unique ways. And I, I, I want to see that continue. I don't want to see us brought into other issues that we don't have to be. Yeah. You know, I, I was doing, we, we raised the pride flag today. And we I saw that. The diversity flag. And I was talking to a bunch of residents who th thanked me for doing it. And, and, and I said to them, listen, this is about people and pride for our community and about our residents. And it's not, it's not a political thing. And it no. should never be a political thing. No. The person that turned us on to it, it was just an email to me saying, what do you think? Could you do this? And then she was absolutely amazing. Helped us along the way, where to go get the flag, you know, what to say. And to me, it was a, that person cared. They weren't doing it for any other reason other than they thought it was something the village should do. And I think that's what I'm trying to get across and the people for Olson is, as a county legislator, it's about service, yep. it's about people, and it's about connecting the dots. It's leadership. And, and the reason the town of Manlius is so successful is they've had great leaders over there and they've had great councils. To me, that's gotta that's gotta keep going because if you look at some other other areas and other towns, they don't have that going no. for them, no. and it can, it can put you way behind. It can, and you I know. think you know, we can. We're the first community. We need to recognize everybody and not exclude anybody based upon any kind of whatever box you check on on anything. We're all mm -hmm. we're all just presidents of the town, yeah. and that's the great thing. We we can both go walk in one of the parks. We can go walk along the canal and say hi to each other and have, you know, enjoy the great things that are in town. We're a safe town, we're a clean town. It's, it's, it's really great. I'm, my wife and I are always happy that we stumbled upon this house through a realtor uh -huh. um, that we didn't really know. And it was the great best decision we ever did. She didn't want to move to Chittenango? Or no. She, no. <laughs> well, you know, you, know you, you, you like your parents and, yeah. and your in-laws, but you don't have to live that close to them. Yeah. I hope they're not going to listen to this. <laughs> I was at a, a, the Memorial Day Parade, and we were doing the ceremony at Veterans Park. And one of the uh, veterans looked over at the tr uh, one of my trustees, who was a retired teacher from um, Chittenango, and he goes, Coach Kinsella? And the two of them have seen each other, but he had never put it together that it was his football coach. Oh, wow. His math teacher. <laughs> and he was like, oh, my God, that's Mr. Kinsella. And I said, oh, that's trustee Dan. Just call him Dan. He's like, no, no, that's Mr. Kinsella. He said, that was my football coach. And to me, that's so great about that. You know, it is such a great community. You know it's, I mean? It's all about it, community. You know, my wife always goes, oh, my God, everywhere you go, you know somebody. But to me, that's what makes the town and the village and living in upstate New York so special because wherever you go, you're, you're bound to know somebody and bound to right. be part of a group. Now, I heard you're involved in athletics. Is that I hear? Yeah. Well, it's funny you bring about community and groups. So I've um, coached youth lacrosse and a little bit of youth soccer on the side when they needed a coach. And in the ESM district, since my older son was five or six, he's now 20, and he actually just competed in the NCAA tournament in Division Three this year, which was phenomenal. Nice. Um, so I've coached lacrosse year, essentially year-round for the last 15 years. And I meet people and see people all the time that are through the, the community of players and parents that I've, I've connected with over the years. And routinely, when we need a scrimmage or want to play somebody, who do we call? We call the FM youth lacrosse coach, and we get together and play. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like, a, not always a rivalry, but just as, you know, we're all in the same community and we play each other all the time. Um, it's really good, like, talking about meeting somebody. I was in Walmart the other day. And I hear somebody go, hey, Coach May. <laughs> and I'm like, who is this? I turn around, this young man, Cameron, who uh, graduated a year ahead of my son, who I coached. He was in sixth or seventh grade in Henninger schools. He needed a team to play on, and he came to play with us at ESM. And I've known him ever since. And he's a great young man. And yeah. it's, it's stuff like that. That's why I do it. And that's what makes, you know, community. And uh, I'm really driven to, to, to do those kind of things. It's, it's, it's very It's amazing, enjoyable. too, how involved the parents 
are with the students too. Like I, my son was in baseball, so I was involved in little league, and then he went to travel ball, and then high school ball, and then he played in college. And my other one made it all the way through and won the section championship. And to me, it was the most important thing because you're there for your child, yep. and you're there. But you're all the parents were there. It wasn't yep. just you know everybody was involved in little league. You never had to worry about parents helping because everybody wanted to be involved or any youth activity. And to me. It's not something special in Fayetteville and Manly and Seminole. It's part of life. That's what we do. That's oh, what absolutely. We choose to, to live a quality of life. We choose to go to these schools. We choose to live in that area because of all the things that it's offered. And to me, that's the most important thing to get across to people that it just doesn't happen. It really, there's a lot of work behind the scenes and the town council has a lot to do with it. The county, I was taking my daughter for a walk today and I was thinking about it. The county gave $638,000 to the town of Manlius, three villages last year in Main Street grants. And each one of us spent all that money. To me, that's what needs to happen. More of that, connecting the dots, more of getting involved in grants. And, you know, people have been asking me, well, how'd you get that electric uh, charging station? Nope, we got a grant. How'd you get that Main Street? We got a grant. I right. mean, we didn't need to do more of that connecting dots at the town level with we the do. villages and with, what other ideas do you have as, as you run for town council that you want to see? I mean, I want to extrapolate on the, on the youth involvement. I think. Today's youth is really stuck in the, these little sound bites of Twitter and, and social media. And I think they really need to see what government's all about. So they don't get disillusioned and don't want to just forget about it. So I, I'd love to see us create in the town internship programs for high school age and, and college age kids from the town to cultivate the future leaders of our villages and, and the town, um, to get them involved so they feel connected to the town. You know, connected residents are, will make it a better community. And I, I mean, that's one of my key things mm -hmm. um, that makes me different from other candidates, I think, is that I think youth involvement is very important. Like in the village of Manoa, Mayor Brazil has subsidizes kids and youth sports registration. And I think, well, that's great for the village, but why can't we do it for the whole town? Yeah. Like kids are getting less and less involved. And I think we need to get them more involved. You look at most leaders in, the, in our nation at one point have played in athletics. And it's not to be an athlete, it's to be part of a team. You know, the best kid on the team isn't always the best leader, but the best leader might be the kid who never got on the field. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's very important. I have a young man who helps me coach my youngest son, who's 11 now, who graduated with my older son. He played lacrosse for, since he was in sixth grade, maybe. He never really got a lot of playing time, but he's continued to be involved in the sport, and now he's teaching the next generation of kids to come up. Yeah. And I, stuff like that really is really great, and I think that, that really drives me to get going. It's weird that you say that because like we hire five summer help for our DPW and yep. the parents at the end of the year, I always just check in and make sure everything went good. And, <laughs> and inevitably I get the, it was the greatest teaching lesson my son or daughter could have, right. you know, learning what they would come home every night, have to take a nap. They were tired. Yep. You know, yep. they smelled, they had worked hard, but they, they liked that paycheck and, and it made them realize that you know, those things aren't easy that you, you know, right. just take out that garbage or take out the recycling or they're mowing the parks or they're taking care of, you know, trails that we own or they're doing all this manual, manual labor. And it, it, just, just the other day, the, the parent stopped me in the road and said, thank you so much. And I'm like, <laughs> no problem. He's doing a great job. And they go, no, thank you so much. He really realizes yeah. what, a, you know, when he got that first paycheck and he was able to, and I'm like, you're right. We should do more of that because the town, you know, they could use summer help. Everybody, you know, it cost us about, we do five. So it's about $20,000 a year out of our budget to hire five right. 
you know, well, our summer rec is all is students too. We hire that for the right. for the summer rec. So I think we, you're right. That could be a good program, and I think the county could help you too with, with I, grants I think or so. something. I think you know so. what I mean? And they're always like, like I felt bad. James Old Beach can't open up because they can't find lifeguards. Right, and that's a sad thing that we have now. We have plenty yeah. of kids that are, if you engage them, they will come to work. And you mentioned mm -hmm. the, the the park, uh, the town rec department. My kids have both been counselors at the Village of Manlius Rec Department uh, mm -hmm. summer program for several years, and my daughter's doing it again this year. Yeah. And she loves it. Yeah. Uh, she was so disappointed last year when they didn't have it because she didn't get a chance to do that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and my other kids have been involved in the town ones when they were kids, they were re campers in it. So mm -hmm. it is a great thing, and we need to expand on that. But I, I want to expand it even further. I want to see why have kids help out in with the town board as you know, come to the meetings, be involved in, you know, see what the town clerk does for taking the minutes, stuff mm -hmm. like that, like to get them into the nitty gritty of what it is. We need yeah. kids to really start owning up, uh, taking ownership of things to make it a better place for them. Yeah. Mayor right. Brazil's program that Mayor Donovan started with the wastewater treatment facility. Have you heard about this? No, I have not. So uh, they partnered way back when it's a biodigester, and I'm going to say this wrong, but that's, that's so it's, they have their own sewer plant. And so ESM and the village of Manoa have a program. Uh, I think it's called CERT. And these, this, it's a class that they teach about the wastewater system. And it literally, as Mayor Brazil can explain it to you better, uh, but Mayor Donovan started it, and Dr. Desiato with ESM has been a great supporter of it. And to me, we need to do, and I said that to Mayor Brazil, I wish that we could do more of those connections with yep. FM and ESM Definitely. to get the kids involved in it. Because when you look at it, we're dealing with, you know, like right now we're building a park. We're building a, uh, we have an engineer that's doing a project in a, in a Bishopsbrook and Limestone Creek. Yep. Can you imagine if they were able to be in there on that project and see how we That'd do it from start invaluable. to finish? And, you know, if they're an engineering student and, you know, or a construction trade, right. you know, all the trades are very important. And that would be a great way to get them involved in, in that system. It helps give the kids focus at a younger age to figure out what they want. This world's a complicated place. We have so many more opportunities for careers and whatnot. To expose mm -hmm. the kids to something like this on a town level. Uh, where it's helping the town, it's helping them. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Nobody loses anything. Right. It's, uh, it would be great to see. Right. So know? what other things are you thinking about as you run for town council? Have you thought about anything or are well, you hearing many things? Well, there, you know, I mean, there's some nitty gritty of the politics stuff. You know, there's, there's, there's some issues in the town, uh, you know, with water district, uh, zoning stuff, um, the comprehensive plan, stuff like that. I, I really want to, get more involved with when I get into office. Um, mm -hmm. I think we, we throw the comprehensive plan out a lot in the town, which I think is a great idea. But it's, I've heard it mentioned it's gonna solve, make housing more affordable. It's gonna now put a new park along a canal. It's gonna do this. I think we really need to get a better understanding of what we're getting with this mm -hmm. and not it, understand that it's gonna help us get direction, but it might not be the only direction we have. It works in conjunction with, with everything we have right now. Yeah, and I, I think, think when people understand that the town doesn't have parks, doesn't have senior right. centers, doesn't have libraries, nope. doesn't have, you know, they do have a recreation program, but they don't have any parks and they and they really utilize. And we work well together, but there's really a, a I've always said, everybody needs to stay in their lane. Yep. You know what I mean? And if we do that, and we're all going in the same direction, it will all turn out well and it will all happen. Absolutely. I mean, I've, yeah. I've learned that we don't have, the town of Manlius does not own a single foot of sidewalk. We have a highway department, not a DPW. They function differently. Yeah. You know, and, and, and stuff like that, I think, you know, as younger people learn that, and I learn that as becoming kind of, I think it's very important. It helps grow the town. Yeah. And I, I think I can't wait to, you know, get closer to the election and talk to more people. And really, it's not necessarily what I'm going to want as mm -hmm. a town councilor. It's what the town wants. And I think my vision of, 
of the town has to blend with what their vision of the town is to make it a, a good thing. Yeah. I think that the other thing too that I think is it's communication. It's that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people don't understand and that's one of the reasons I'm doing this uh, People for Olson podcast is to kind of try to connect the dots for people so that they realize we were talking earlier about Rob Cushing and the Hatan Highway. Oh, I even guy. learned, I mean, I've known Rob for a long time. Even I learned some things as we sat down and talked when I met with the police chief. You know, there was a couple things that I gleamed. Um, but here's a perfect example, Memorial Day Parade. Everybody thinks, oh, in Fayetteville, was, I don't know if you went. But you're I was like, in, in Manoa. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, it was a parade. Well, there was a command center set up. There was a tactical uh, schedule set out the, the, the Monday or the Friday before the event. There was police, canine. There was DPW trucks placed everywhere. Um, chief was in contact with the mayor, the fire chief. Everything was you know, seamless. All that was behind the scenes. People just saw the parade like it was always the parade. Right. But there's so much more that goes into right. it that I don't think people really realize how sophisticated the town highway, town police, town fire department, or the village fire departments, you know, and, and how much connection we have between the village, the county, even the county office of emergency management was notified that what we were doing and how we were doing it, you know. Right, and I think people don't realize how much time and effort is put into events like that. The fact that you were able to pull off a parade that fast and that, like yeah. it was seamless, like it was just a parade as normal. And Mayor Brazil was able to do stuff. And we were, that's a testament to the, the town governments and the village governments, how they're working. Yeah. And um, I think we need to support that and, and grow that. And I yeah. think it was really good. And, and this, this year has been a tough year. Yeah. The last year plus. We want to say year, but it's really been a long year. Oh, yeah. And to get something out like that was really positive. I had friends that went to your parade. I was in the village of Manoa. Um, with the it was short. I will say that was the only thing I was like, we knew we wanted it short because of COVID. We yep. just wanted to kind of, you know. Yeah, you want to get the feeling back. Right. And then the Jeeps kept coming and coming. And I was like, we had probably 35 Jeeps in the parade. And I was like. <laughs> This is the biggest Jeep club I've ever seen. We said, come on over, you know, because they, <laughs> they were socially distanced and everything. Yep. Um, but it was nice. Yeah, it was nice to see people's faces. And I got a nice couple notes uh, that yeah. day. People said, thank you. It feels like we're getting back to normal. Right. We're getting. And to us, that's been the big thing, getting people back. Like we just scheduled our Syracuse Symphony concert in July. And then we're going to have our party in Plaza in August. And then we go Fayetteville Festival in September. Right. We're not going to jam too much, but we're going to try to do one every month and just... Get back try to normal. To, yeah, try to see what happens because to me, it's the most important thing is to get people back. Right. You know, get them back into school. And, you know, have them let it have a good summer. Summer wreck's going to happen, and yep. let people vacation, and then maybe in September, hopefully, we can get back to. to yeah, I mean, I hear talk of uh, September 11th celebration in, in Manoa, yeah. and I assume the, I, I think the yeah. other villages are talking about it too. Yeah, yeah. And I think that would be great. Yeah. I, I think you know, as, as mainly as town government and village government do a great job of making this a great place to live. Yeah. And I think the pandemic, we, we kind of forgot what, we could, what the town and villages did for us. Yeah. And I think now, as we're coming out of it, we're seeing the great things that we do and why, why I ended up living here and stayed here. Yeah. You know? I think that pendulum, because when I started uh, in 2004, it felt like, oh, people, why do we have villages? At the time, there was a lot of people questioning, oh, yeah. know, do we need, you know, and then the mayors at the time were like, no, 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 why, what does the town do? You know, and we were fighting, pushing back a little bit. And then it got into here and we were getting, you know, everybody was good. And now I think people realize when you go to all the parks and you do the sidewalks and you do everything, that's all villages. Right. In the, you know, the three villages. And to me, that it was gratifying that we could let the town residents, you know, be part of our parks, be part of our sidewalks. Because those were important for the pandemic. People needed to walk. People needed to yeah, get out. absolutely. You know, the park in Duguid, I was laughing the other day. We have a mountain bike trail with yep. the FM Mountain Bike Club. I couldn't find a parking spot. <laughs> and I'm like... 
it's a Saturday afternoon. I can't even get in my, like, I couldn't even park. And then I finally found something, and I got in there, and somebody said something to me, and he's like, oh, can you get out of the way? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. And then he stopped, and I caught up to him, and I said, where are you from? And he goes, Tully. And I go, Tully? And he goes, I, I, found it, I saw it on Facebook. This place is great. Thank you so much. And, da, 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 da. and that's and I was awesome. like, wow. To me, that's, you know, that's what we're very fortunate because we're right next to Green Lakes. Yep. You know, we have all those golf courses and all the things happening. Yes, we do. You know, People don't realize how many golf courses are in our town. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I had a friend who lives in Fayetteville, and he's lived there for 20 years almost. He had never heard of Winoa Golf Course. Oh, my God. That's my L- favorite golf course. <laughs> I just played there Saturday. Or Memorial Day I played. I'm like, oh, he ju- I just love it. I saw him when I was leaving the office today, and he goes, Karen, I finally went to Winoa on Sunday. It was great. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. He goes, I'm going to go there more often. Yeah. I go, he's always, you get in your group, you, oh, I go to Green Lakes, I go, and he's, he went there and he's like, that place was great. Yeah. Everyone forget that the old, old uh, Town Isle, Old Oak is tucked in right next to the train tracks right there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's hard to explain it to people that all those things that are happening and, and they're moving in the right direction, if it doesn't, if the leadership isn't right, it's not going to, you know, it can just revert back or, or not happen. And I, see, I think we're seeing a little bit of that right now right. With, I, the, I, with the changing of the guards. You know? I think you can see a little, you, as you get a little sidetracked to, to, to other projects and money's not ever abundant. No. So you always got, if, if you get off where we're going to keep the quality of life and increasing for everybody, and you go off this little side tangent, money gets siphoned, then it kind of dilutes everything down. And um, I'm afraid, I don't want to see that happen. The town, town and the villages are moving in perfect direction. It's yeah. a great place to live. Proof that we see new houses being built all the time. You had uh, the proposal for the apartments in downtown Fayetteville. Yeah, yeah. Shows that people want to live here. Oh yeah, you people know. really do. I mean, that's the. I was telling someone of the housing market right now. There's four or five houses for sale. I mean, out of 1,700, it's it's crazy. The taxes, perfect example. Tax bills went out last week. Yep. We've already gotten like 170 people. So 10% of the population or 10% of the people that pay that have already come in in person and paid their taxes. Now they can wait till the end of the month, but they come in and, and so we ask them questions when they're in. The only, the, the only negative we're having is people, can we get these electronically sent to us? And we're like, we'll look into that. We yeah. use the county system. We all yep. go together and we save yep. money on tax bills by all the villages and towns working together with the county. But they don't have that option yet. So we, we brought it to the county's attention and said, hey, is there a way that we can just send these out? Because be a lot great. of people pay electronically. You know, they just wire transfer the yep. money. And we haven't gotten a call back yet, but I would imagine that's something that we're going to be able to do. I'm one of the ones that makes my, either my wife or I going on the last yeah. day they're due. Yeah. We're going with the check. Yeah, but people still do it. You know what I mean? I, oh, and yeah. They're tracking it for me because I want to know if it's 1,700 parcels, you know, did 850 people. So 50% of the people still come in and pay by hand or, you know, pay right. in person. To me, that's important. That tells Absolutely. me, you know, that they care about, you know, the village and, they, and they're okay. We ask them some pointed questions. You know, is there any problems? Is, are you okay? Is there, you know, da, da, da. And, and the girls always say to me, Mark, that the one thing they're hearing this year is that people want to pay electronically. Okay, we'll see what we can do, you know. Right, so. and, and that's, that's government for the people. You're, you're listening to what the people want. And, re, yeah. and, and I think that's awesome. Instead of yeah. dictating to them, telling them, this is what I think you need. You're listening to what they need. And yeah. I think that's... What will make a successful, has made a successful town, will continue to make a successful yeah. town. I've always said that because you, we don't know. It's like the marijuana yeah. law. I don't know. I don't know what people want. I have no and idea. And I've heard from some people that want it, some people that don't want it. So then let's vote. Let, let, it's that simple. Right. You're going to hear everybody's voice. Everybody's going to be able to say yes or no. And then the, 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 the people will make their decision. Whether I agree with it or disagree with it, it doesn't matter. They get the, they get the choice to make it. Totally that. agree. And I think that's the, a, a sense and a form of good government, listening and, and hearing what the people have to no, say. No, I agree. Because sometimes when you just listen to 
some focus groups, the loudest focus group gets seemed to be the biggest group. But when you put it up to vote, everyone gets chances to have their say. And, and I think yeah. that's important. That's what makes a, a government successful is everyone has their say. Yeah. And I think that that's a very good idea and, I, and something that I would like to emulate. Yeah. So what other things do you want to see done in the town that you, you know, I got to give you some hard questions here. I can't. You are. I mean, off, you're killing you know me. I mean? I, so. it's, it's been brought up before and I, I'm big proponent of the, the resource officers in the school. I think it's very important. Um, mm -hmm. My kids both knew the resource officers in ESM high school and the middle school. My son knows the one now and he's only in elementary school. And I think it's a great way for the community to interact with the police department and make it community policing. They have a face and they have a, it makes a relationship that's positive. It's not the, the guy that's waiting to pull me over when I'm 17 because I, yeah. I went on too fast. Yeah. Now it's somebody that you know. And, and the schools you, want it. The schools want it. And they everybody's absolutely. talking about more, I don't know if you've read the report about the city, but they're talking about more community policing. Yes. They want more community. Here you have people that, you know, the schools absolutely. want it. It's a perfect resource. Speaking of Winoa Golf Course, the other, a couple of weeks ago I played and it was backed up. And on, I turned the corner, I wanted to play on 10, and the lady said to me, you have to ask the two gentlemen there. One of them was the school resource officer from FM, and oh, Dam cool. Damien, and I said, do yep. you mind? And he goes, come on. You know, so we had, a great, we had a great time. We had yeah. a great round of golf. We, I don't even think we talked about policing at all. But to me, and when my son saw him, he was like, you know, hi, officer, how are you? Because you know, he, he remembers him <laughs> yeah. at school. And to me, that, that's important. Absolutely. That, that makes people, you know, respect not only the officer, but where they live. You know, the body cameras. Town of Manning has had them since 2014. Right. They were, we were, we've always been progressive. You know, oh. and not reactive, or, or, or proactive, not reactive. And no, to I me, agree. that's good government. I mean, you see the, the state had, every police department had to rethink their thing and come out their report. And if you looked at our report, it was really good that it said, we're already at that point. Yeah. Cutting it with training and whatnot. And I think yeah. I, we need to continue to support that. I think we need to work with the department, ask them what they need, and not tell them what they need. And if yeah. the schools want the resource officers, we need to support that. Yeah. And I mean, that's, they know better than what, what they need than the town board knows. They're, they're in that school every day. And if that's yeah. what they need, that's what we give them. I say that to the fire chief all the time because we're in charge of the fire departments at the village. Yep. Tell me what you need, you know, tell me what resources, you know, you know we got a budget for some of them, but tell me what you need. Um, and then I, I get out of the way. It's not my job to tell you what to do or how to do it. It's my job to give you the tools to be successful. Exactly. You know, I worked at Welch Allen, I ran their food service and that was their motto that they used to always say, we'll give you the tools to be successful but then we're gonna want you to be successful. And so with the fire chief, I always say, okay, you've got all the tools, go get them, you know, and, and hopefully we never have to use those services or <laughs> right. those tools. But it's, it's something you wanna yeah. have but never need. Yeah, exactly. And then that's, your comment about the police is right because I think that's important. You know, I don't think politicians should be telling officers, you know, how to run the department or what to do. We need to get out of the way, but we also need to know what they're doing. You know, I'm very right. fortunate being on the fire department for those years, I know exactly what they're doing and how they're doing. It's changed a little bit, but I, I'm, I'm a big proponent, and I'll tell you what I've told everybody else. Ride, take a ride along. Get in the front seat yep. of that car and see what they do. If you're not, if you haven't done that, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be telling them what to do or I how to totally do it. I totally agree. Or voting on something that you don't really understand what's going on. And that's one nice thing that I think that the, the, the town board needs to do a better job of is really looking at Spend a day things. in their shoes, a night in their shoes, and see yeah. what they go through. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had several dealings with the, the Manly's Police Department over years for some, some vandalism issues in my neighborhood and whatnot. They were nothing but the most professional, accommodating, friendly officers I've ever dealt with. Yeah. You know, I have a teenage son. He's done some, you know, at night he did a little stuff a little yeah. dumb. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we dealt with the, the police department, and they were great. They're super professional. They, they were stern, but they were compassionate, and, and they know how to deal with people. Yeah. You know, I know who the FM 
resource officers that you just mentioned. And yeah. my kids don't even go to FM. Yeah. You know, helps my wife goes there, but that's yeah. how good he is. Yeah. And that's the yeah. connection he makes with the community and that yeah. they all, all have made. Yeah. And that, that makes it a good community. Yeah. When the police department and community are hand in hand, we don't have some of these issues that other communities see. Yeah. And I think that's very important. And we've been fortunate that, you know, Town of Manliness Police has been progressive. You know, they oh, just yeah. didn't sit there and say, oh, we're going to, you know, they, they went out and, and researched the cameras. They went out and yeah. researched Kalia. They went out and, you know, they're really, and now the police chief's looking at a different, you know, possibility of changing some things and doing some things differently and called all the three mayors and said, hey, I've got this idea. I want to try this. I want you to know heads up. You know, the communication, it couldn't be any better. The, the, uh, they have the, I don't know if you're getting the emails about our emergency preparedness committee that they have. Uh, but um, you know, Captain Schaefer's in charge of it. I nope. mean, these things are just. Captain Schaefer's a great man. Yeah, these things are just ahead of everybody else. And the way we communicate between the town exactly. and the villages and the departments and everything is just second to none. And I think that's because over the years, the board traditionally has supported them with the resources they needed and asked for. And I yes. think we need to keep doing that. The policing's evolving in our nation, let's face it. And yep. we need to be evolved with it. And we need to, and evolving with it is supporting the police department and having them work with us and tell us what they need and how can we help them. Yeah. And, and the police chief has done a great job of doing that. And the department has done a great job of doing that and they have great. Yeah. It goes back to service, no matter whether it's police, Absolutely. DPW, elected officials, rec, senior center, library, it's about service. Yep. And to me, I don't understand why more people, I think a majority of people realize that. They do. But I think, that, you know, there's some people or some factions in, in the, the town and the county that want to make it something that's not. You know, and for, for what reason, I don't know. But I was just at another county lead, meeting this week, and they were talking about some things. And I'm like, this is good. This is what we should be talking about. They're not, they weren't talking about politics. They weren't talking about, you know, this person or that person. They were talking about what, what is the mission. And it was about OCC. You know, what are they doing? What's their budget look like? How are they doing? Right. What are the interactions? How are we getting the workforce ready for the, the big, you know, warehouse that's being built in Liverpool and, and right. all those jobs? And what's going to happen if a microchip plant comes? And they're talking about all these things and jobs and programs at OCC and re retraining programs. And, and I'm like, this is what we should Talking be about doing. about the community, not exactly. politics. Exactly. This is what everybody should be doing this. Right. Let the state and federal government do what they do. They, they're going to continue to do whatever they're going to do. But at a county, town, village level, I've said it at consensus, I'll say it a million times, there's no place for it. It's about service. And even Mayor Minor, right. even you know, yep. Joni Mahoney, Ryan McMahon, everybody said that it's about service. And it, it, is. We, it, it needs to come back to that. And it needs to get rid of this, this sidebar of politics. Well, I think we have to realize the level of government we at, where we're at, is a level is service oriented. Yeah. It's not about this other stuff. None of that stuff is anything we're going to have anything to do with in the scope of our business. So let's right. leave it a what. We don't need to get involved with that. Right. It just gets people angry and, and divides us. Yeah. We have plenty of things: parks, sidewalks, plowing, potholes, police department. That's what unites us. Yeah. And that's what's going to what has made Manly it's a great community to live in, and we'll continue to make it as long yeah. as we. We keep doing that. The sidewalks, I, you know, I wish it's, that's another pendulum that has changed. Cause when I first became mayor, people were like, oh no, we don't want them in our yard and da, 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 yep. da. And then when we, we had a near miss accident with a kid that was almost hit off a, he was walking on the road and boom, the, the people that said no, said no problem, put it in. <laughs> and then they came up to us and said, oh my God, thank you. We love right. having people walk by and having people safe on the sidewalk. And it's so nice to see what happens. People walking their dog and walking their kids and their strollers and everything it's nice to get people off and i was talking to the mayor of manliness and if there was a way we could figure out how to connect you know that uh, on salt springs road with a sidewalk or something some path 
you know, he would plow halfway, I would plow halfway, and we'd turn around and just go back. We would do it. And I think, you know, that's one thing I'm hoping that somebody can come up with. Because there's grants for intermodal, right. intermodal transportation grants. There's yeah. Safe Routes to School grants. There's plenty of grants. I've that spent way, nights reading about residents. grants. There's yeah. so many grants out oh there. Oh, my God. One came out today, and I was like, for electric vehicles. And I'm like, I've always wanted to get an electric vehicle for our code enforcement officer. He's in mm. the town, or he's in the village, yep. and the village of Manlius, and, or village of Manoa, and village of Faithful every day. And I'm like, this is perfect. Yep. But you have to buy it and then apply for the grant, and you're not guaranteed the grant. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's yeah. a tough one. That's a that's tough, a tough one. one. But and that's, that's where you got to balance yep. the desires and the finances and come up with what's, what's best for the town and yep. the village. And I think that, you know, that's my idea for government. It's the same thing. We have yep. to balance it. We'd love to do all this stuff, but does it make sense financially? Some of it will. Some yep. of it might not. we got to look for the grants. I, would lo <laughs> I was looking at grants to see... Limestone Creek is all clogged up with trees and debris all the time. And there's watershed grants out there. And I'd love to see that cleaned up. You know, I don't, the town can't take it on. Financially, that would be a huge test. But if we took our part, and I, I've said this before to Ed, and I've said it to others, Manoa cleans up their section, Manly cleans up their section, we clean up our section. The town just needs to clean up their section, but get, in, get the county involved. Yep. Get state DEC involved. There's reason, I mean, if you call, that's one thing I will say, state politics is tough but state departments are great. If you call the DEC, you call state parks, you call anybody at the state level, DOT, transportation, they'll help you. Or they'll figure out a way to say, here's who you call or here's what you need to do. Because I drive by that one by the town hall or by the town D, uh, DPW garage. Yep. And I go, oh my God, just get, like, get in there and just like, get right. it out of there. And the great thing is parts of the creek flood out all the time. So there's also money for dealing with flood issues through, through the Army Corps of Engineers and Grant. Yep. There's a lot of stuff that we could look at to make that better. Yep. And, that, and we have great walkways through there now that are main, yep. so maintained by the state. We're just improving the town through doing projects like that. And I'd, I'd love to see stuff like that happen. Yeah, the infrastructure part. That's what we've been very fortunate. All these grants and the close to $7 million now has all been infrastructure. It would have been money we would have had to raise through taxes right. or, or bonding, which would have raised the tax rate. And we were just very fortunate. We just started one for water quality through Limestone Creek and Bishop's Brook. It's five hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Yeah. Now we have to do some work, and we, you know, we're very fortunate. Right. Senator Mannion and Assemblyman Sturpey are helping us, and we have to do some in kind work. But it's infrastructure work that's helping the state, it's helping the town, it's, it's helping the, the community. Yes. Oh yeah, they love. I mean, walkable it, communities are great with parks and all that stuff. Is what people want, and that's yeah. what we need to give them. And find ways yeah. to do it. Is there a way you think the town could help the villages with the parks because they don't own any parks? I've thought about that. I think. Because that's the one complaint I hear from my board. Like, we just started a dog park, so the, the fencing's $26,000. And the, all, when we get all done, it's about $40,000. And we know town residents are going to use it. I think and there's so, something to be done there, and I, I'm not yeah. sure how we can do it. Yeah. But there's definitely, because like you said, the residents of the entire town are using it. I was, I've used Mill Run down in Manlius before. We, I did go out there. Ari and I went down there. We did a cleanup with the fire department, which was great. Yeah. They could desperately use a bigger parking lot to have more people use that. Yeah. Um, and I, there's got to be some equation we can look at, kind of like how the fire department's funded to yeah. help with the parks in all the villages, to because yeah. all the residents are going to benefit from them. Yeah. You know, a good dog park in the village of Fayetteville is going to benefit everybody. Oh, yeah. And I, and I think we need to find a way to do that. Yeah. That's the mm -hmm. one. I, I hear it from my trustees, and they're getting, they're getting frustrated, and I'm like, at the end of the day, it's still a good program. And, and, and right. I think that's why they vote yes, because they know that a dog park will benefit our residents. But the senior center, you know, 60% of the residents that use our senior center live in the town. Yet no money comes from the town 
to, right. to help fund that. And we've asked and asked and asked. And it just, to me, those things, those quality of life pieces are important. Our seniors are very important in our community. Absolutely. And, and I think that the town should, you know, help in that or do something to be part of the, the you know, the solution or the, you know, the benefit of our, their residents. And I think that goes to the point, I think the town and villages work hand in hand. I'm not sure that all the time that's occurring right now. The town doesn't need to try and subjugate the villages. And, and so we work together to better the whole town yeah. by helping you with things that are in your village that are used by the town residents. It makes everything better for, for the whole entire town and, yeah. and de develops that community, the town of Manlius community. Yeah. You know, and I think we need to continue to do that. Yeah. I think it definitely, that, that's tying the three villages and the whole town together would be the next step that we could take in Manlius to make our, our town even better. Yeah, the county executive, I think, got it right. He, he the three villages and all villages in Onondaga County um, are the hub, you Absolutely. know, of most towns. The town of Manlius is just very odd because it has three vibrant villages in, yep. you know, we're one of the few in the, in the whole state that has that many uh, villages in the town. And I think he's really focused his money on helping the village main streets and helping, yep. you know, and that's where I was gonna say to you, if you're looking for grants for stuff like that, for that sidewalker, you know, they just hired Isabel, you know, Harris for that uh, economic, you know, money, for the I stimulus money. To me, we've already made phone calls and said, okay, <laughs> here's, your, here's our list of three or four ideas. And one of them was that sidewalk between the two villages. Even though it's not in the village, we would maintain it. We would, right. you know, so we're hoping that that, you know, somehow can be, it doesn't matter who gets the credit. I don't care. Right. As long as there's a safe way that, that our residents can go. To, and the, the people know who's behind it anyway. There's yeah. be, Somebody will take credit for it, and they'll, they'll know that somebody else might have had something else to do with yeah. it. And well, that Mount Road sidewalk, that Mount Road side, it was a per, it was a win-win. The right. county paid through it for the Main Street program. Now we have Starbucks to the Craftsman, Craftsman all the way up to Mount Road connecting. To, so everybody on Dabney um, yeah, can use great. those side. To me, that's the win. That's where we right. should do be more collaborative and not, you know. So, you know, oh, we'll take care of it or, or we're in charge. of. We're going to keep right? building on the, the, the walkability of the villages and expanding them out into the town because that's, yeah. that's what people want. And it's great. We go on vacation to these cute little towns that have these walkable villages yeah. and we need to come home to them. Yeah. You know, uh, and I, I think we've seen a lot of progress. and I think we could, could, can continue yeah. to see that progress in the next coming years. So who else is running with you? So you have. Well, we were Rebecca and Ari. OK. Um, the three of us together on the. Republican ticket. So we have Rebecca next week, and then I'm trying to get Ari the following week. So everybody will get a chance to meet both of them. And I'd love people. We are three different people, but we have some common vision that makes us a great group that will hopefully work together when we get on the board in, yeah. in November. Um, we're very, very excited. Uh, I was wholly, totally new to this political process, like I, I think I said yeah. to you. And um, the whole process of denominations and, 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 and giving your, your pitch to the committees and stuff not was fascinating. Yeah. And I look back and I see all the people that I started with and to see the, the three of us standing here together, you know, not here, but together mm -hmm. on, on the ballot is, is great. And it, it's really a, a testament to how the process works to, to get people through and see, see what you can have that will be better for the town. Yeah. What I love about the village board is we may, there's four, four trustees and then the mayor. We may not agree, but we move forward. Right. Like it's over. And if, you, if it's three to two or it's four to one, they don't hold we just move on to what's the next thing and what's best for the village and and that's to me good government you know what i mean you're not always going to get what you want right. but you're heard and sometimes you are going to get what you want and somebody else isn't going to get what they want but at the end of the day it's always what's best for Fayetteville Manlius Manoa or the town and to me that's what i want to take to the county is i'm not always going to win but i'm sure going to let people know how i feel 
and why I feel that way. And to me, that's good government, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And working with others, the um, body cameras, I don't know if you heard that at the county, they, uh, the, all the Democrats voted no. They weren't opposed. They weren't opposed. No. They just didn't like the process. And right. I was talking to, uh, you know, the legislator Ryan yesterday at the meeting, and I said, you know, to me, I wish there was a way that we could have communicated that better. And he goes, well, we told people we weren't opposed. And I said, I know, but the paper didn't do a good job. Everybody, so that was 17 to for body cameras. They just didn't like the procedure. And I'm like, we could, there's a way to fix that. There's a way to make that. Maybe not this time for this vote, but going for forward, now. there's a way to make those votes better. And there's a way to collaborate more. And that's what I want to bring. And that's what I'm hoping more people will bring to the town board level, because it is important. Local is. government is so, I mean, you think about it. We're not essential, we're vital. For your life, what the town does, what the villages do, what the county does, is your lifeblood. Exactly. You know, the state and federal government, they're important, but we can live without either one of those entities if we had to, God forbid. But to me, that's why local government's so important. People will notice a poorly run local government before they won't notice a poorly run federal government. Yeah. Well, that's what we expect. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, Sometimes it's, gridlock yeah. at a federal level is better than, than you yeah. know, yeah. Non-gridlock. <laughs> yeah. So, so far, what have you liked? You know, what have you been like, oh, wow, this is great. You know, this is, I'm really excited about that. Because I'll give you a perfect example. That, that example at the county level, when I was sitting there talking and they were, I was like, this is exciting. Like, this is, this is policy. This is procedure. This is budgets. This is not politics. This is really talking about what, what makes it function. And I've been very surprised because I thought it was going to be a little more political than it was. It hasn't been at all. It's been, you know, really well driven, really people listening to everybody's comments and making an informed decision. I've been excited about that. So the day, the night that sealed the deal that this is something I, I, I already knew I wanted to do it. And I'm, the night that I realized this was the best decision I made is we're sitting at um, Tim Kelly's house and we had Rob and Laurie and Allison telling us how town government works and how everything works. So we have this idea, you know, we're on the outside, we're running for office, we got this whole thing. But how does it really work? Do you, until you get there, you don't know. But you, when you have that, your head in the door and you see how the procedural things work, how this works, it's fascinating. And you realize, I can really function with my mindset into doing this. I used to own my own business for eight years. I ran a, I ran a craft brewery before they were popular. Yeah. You <laughs> missed two, it. Just by yeah, <laughs> From 2004 years. to 2012. And the whole aspect of running my business was one of my favorite aspects of it, mm -hmm. you know, um, and running the town kind of not running the town, but being part of the, the, the town government and taking that experience I had before and putting it together. I realized this is something that is familiar to me and something that I know I can do and that I've done in the past. It's a great analogy because it is it is a business. Oh, absolutely. But it's a service business. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and it's your job to spend as little as possible while maintaining the best services possible for people and their quality. It's my life. business model. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it is. I mean, when I, yeah. people, when I look at the budget, I, I do a revenue budget first. So I know how much money I have to spend. Right. And then we put, and then I go back and say, okay, to the trustees and to the department heads, okay, you're going to have a 2% increase here or a 10% decrease here or whatever. And we set the parameters, but it's a revenue based budget, just like a business would do. How much money do we have to spend? Absolutely. Or how much money do we think we're going to bring in and then base it on that needs versus wants. And to me, you know, so, uh, when I was meeting with the uh, veteran party, they asked me about the county budget. And I, and I said, listen, I think the county has figured out what they need to do. They now know their core mission is, is the pandemic has taught them what they have to do to survive and what they right. have to do to provide to the residents of the county. Go from there. So this should be the new baseline budget, you know, with all the, you know, the cuts that happened. Absolutely. 
and then go from there. Then you tweak it and as you go. And if you, you know, and if you have to make some adjustments, make some adjustments. And, and that's what they're doing now is they're, you know, adding back some positions that are key in the, in the family services and the social services part of the budget. To me, that's important. Absolutely. But it's also important that not tax ourselves out of, you know, being, having people being able to afford because, you know, when you talked about it, you know, being able to the comprehensive plan and making it affordable housing, that's a real concern. You know, as this boom of housing happens, right. it's getting harder and harder for people to afford. You know, you're fortunate you've been in the house 20 years. And, yep. you, know, I, <laughs> I, you know, I was fortunate I bought in 2000. So, you know, I don't have those issues. But some people that want to live here have that issue. And to me, that's why housing is so important in our area. Is there, what way can we make it more affordable for people to come in and, and give those opportunities to right. people? And, and as, as a local municipality where we tax people, keeping our tax rate as, as best as we can is a one way to make it a little more affordable to them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think making sure that when we spend our dollars, they're wisely spent. Like you just said, the county learned what, what they need to function with now, and then you can add back as you need and expand to, to increase the services and quality yeah. life of the, of the county yeah. residents. And I think on a town level, we do the same thing. I don't, we, we can't have a tax rate so high that people look and go, I can't even look at a house there because we're taxing people too much. If we can keep that tax rate down and, for, and offer the great services we're already offering, yeah. I, it'll help make it more affordable. Unfortunately, we can't control market value. That is what it is. Right. Um, you know, we can't control what developers want to build in the town of Manlius per se, but we can try and influence it and keep it in line with what demand is. That stretch code, have you heard about the stretch code? Yes. So that is, an, that's been, we're struggling with it now because even though the village is pretty much built out, it affects commercial development right. too. And we're sitting there trying to say, it's a great idea, it's a great program, eventually it's gonna be mandated by the state. Yep. So do we adopt it now or do we wait? And our struggle is with the cost of everything being so expensive now, do we wait? Because like I was talking to the mayor right. of Manoa and he said it's, you know, building cost on a house in Manoa Farms is up 20,000 to 40,000, just in yeah. building material cost. Then you add the stretch code is another 20 to $30,000. Right and you're pricing people just out of the market. Right, we're gonna we make Manlius even more exclusive, which is yeah. not what we necessarily no, want to do. We no, we want to be inclusive, no. not exclusive. Exactly, you know? it's, uh, it's, an, it's an interesting thing. And you look at it, it's a hard thing from government to do. How do you, how do you keep housing diversified? Because we, we, we're not in the business of making houses or, or no. selling houses or setting no. prices like that. So we have to look at things like you just said. How do we make it, from what we can influence, how do we make it so that the market can kind of adjust to what it needs? Yeah. Instead of artificially putting it high, you know, we don't want to do that. Because uh -huh. in 08, we didn't have that bust, we, you know, where the housing market just dropped. The town was pretty, I know, at least in the village. I mean, we went from, I, I'm just going to use a number, 300 million to maybe 296 million. And the next year it went back to 304 million. So it was just a momentary dip. Right. But, you know, that could happen. I don't think it's going to be like that again. But it could I, happen. Get, I get concerned about what is that next pandemic thing that we have not, you know, yeah. today I was on a conference call about the supply chain. I mean, they, the... A container from China cost $3,000 a year ago to ship from China to the United States. You know what it costs today? $6,000? $15,000. That's insane. It's, it's crazy. And then resins and steel and all these things that are, every manufacturer uses, components, they, they're just having a hard time getting. And I'm sitting there saying, what is going to happen? What's going to happen to inflation? What's going to happen to the unemployment? What's going to happen to the, the, the supply chain? You know, there's all these things. And what's the next there's going to yep. be something next, and we can. Yep. Who would have ever thought it would have been lumber now and not before? We would think we had this big glut of lumber lying around, but now, yeah. now lumber is a fortune. Um, you know, I, I was a crazy guy. I was one of these guys who put a, a pool in last summer. 
I, I, but I, I was one of the really crazy ones. I put an above ground pool in myself with like a 20 inch grade in my backyard. And now I'm always going, well, we have to attach it to the existing deck. And I, I'm pricing out lumber and I'm going, my gosh, this 10 by six addition to my deck is going to cost more than my 350 square foot deck I got. Yeah. <laughs> All great. because oh, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. And but. that's the, I just hope that we are prepared for whatever. I know from a pandemic, you know, we're, we're prepared because the governor right. came out with new mandates. And so, you know, I was down at the EBW garage a couple weeks ago and there's our pallet of toilet paper and gloves and <laughs> mask and, you know, the yeah. fire department's all set to go. And yeah. those are really responsibilities that we take, you know, but what is the next thing? And I'm just trying to, I wish I knew so that we could be prepared even more than we are. You know, we tried to cut spending. We tried to do the right things in this year's budget, but we've got to start letting go and right. letting people do some things because you fall behind. If you don't stay on top of things, you know, you just fall behind. Well, you had Mark Fullis on the other day. Yeah. Who would have ever thought labor yeah. would be the, the, the next victim of the pandemic where we, yeah. we're, businesses are having trouble finding people to work? Yes. Like, I, I, I'm not good at predicting things. I can guarantee I never would have predicted that. And that's something that, you know, like you said, what's the next thing we're going to see? Yeah. Who knows? Well, thank you so much for being You're on welcome. the podcast. I hope that I didn't uh, throw any questions that you, no, uh, you no. know, were unfair, but we really appreciate that connecting, getting people to know you, Absolutely. connecting the dots. Because to me, county government, and one of the reasons is relationships that I'm running is because I want to take these relationships that I have with the town and the village and the state, the federal and the county, and bring that to county government. Like you talked about before we got on the podcast, when Ed leaves, there's nobody from Manoa on the town board. And to me, that's one of the reasons I'm running for county legislator is when Kevin leaves, there's nobody from a village that will be on the town or on the county legislature. And to me, you're losing a, you know, it's we're important. 10, almost 15% of the population of the county. To me, it's important to be, a, to have a voice there for all those village residents in the county to be part of that. So I'm I, very glad you're running. No, I appreciate I the you, offer. I love the one you had a phone call. I wish I, you I, all I, the best. And I wish you too. Yeah. I'm hoping to call you next year when you're in the county and I'm in the town. <laughs> well, please uh, go to peopleforolson.com and uh, like this podcast. And if you want to learn more about our campaign, go to peopleforolson.com. Thank you so much. There it is, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the People for Olson podcast. We really hope that you're enjoying them. Again, don't forget to stay up to date on everything happening with the campaign by following us on our website at peopleforolson.com. Well, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. We're going to catch you next week right here on the People for Olson podcast. Thank you.